0: This is the internet channel for the study of Hegel, and here is your host, Robert Vane. Why do we need to read Hegel? Why is it important for you to study Hegel? Now let me just begin by giving you a personal response. Of course you can make a delicate and complex argument why it is necessary for philosophers to understand Hegel's philosophy. You can write about the importance of his logic for the development of logical thought. You can talk about the nuances of his dialectic method. You can talk about his understanding of human communication and social institutions. It's even possible to show elaborately that Hegel was the first to understand the nature of modern society. ...that he was the first to construct a critical position on current issues within the pages of his philosophy of right. Even though we have found Hegel to be incorrect in many of his positions on natural sciences and history... ...he found no room for instance for the concept of biological evolution... The way he constructed a philosophy of nature and the history of the spirit is still exemplary in many ways. Now, it's a good thing to know about him. Um, I will talk about that some more later. But first of all, because very many contemporary philosophers have taken his insights as a starting point. You can't understand and read Slavoj Žižek, for instance, Um, without knowing something about Hegel. He even compared his relationship to Hegel with that of Martin Luther to St. Paul. And you could mention many others. Uh, You might have heard about Jacques Derrida, for instance, or the Italian philosopher, Italian-Austrian philosopher, Vittorio Hussle, and many others. We'll talk about that some more in uh, our next lesson. But... um, That is my personal response. It's not necessary uh, for you if you're not a philosopher or a philosophy student. But there are reasons to uh, read Hegel, even if you're not. I will talk about that some more in uh, my next contribution. This is the internet channel for the study of Hegel. This is the internet channel for the study of Hegel. And here is your host, Robert Bain. I had a particular reason to start studying Hegel. Even though I was a student of philosophy, it wasn't self-evident that I needed to read Hegel. I was reading Thomas Aquinas and Aristotle and Plato. I was interested in the philosophy of the ancient world. Now, what makes Hegel so fascinating? First of all, I think I became obsessed with Hegel because it takes so much time and effort to understand him. The complexity of his work, the obscurity even of his German text can be fascinating on a personal level. But that in itself is not very inviting. To me personally, however, it was and still is quite true. The art of interpreting a philosophical text reaches its highest level in the case of Hegel's writings. All of the labor that you need to put into understanding Hegel has, however, also a solid revenue. I believe that understanding Hegel always is accompanied by an improved understanding of the world, of our culture, of ourselves. One might disagree with him in every respect, but you get a feeling that nothing is overlooked. It's dazzling. Everything is there. There's hardly any original thought that we have that Hegel did not anticipate, formulate, and show to be inadequate. Some people, especially in my Dutch tradition of neo-Hegelianism, didn't even try to be original. Philosophy to them meant rewriting and editing Hegel applying the system to new problems. A quote from the German philosopher Richard Crowder is uh, very illustrative in that respect. Understanding Hegel means understanding that he cannot be surpassed. He said that in the 1920s. That goes even beyond the famous dictum that the entire history of philosophy consists of nothing but footnotes to Plato. It doesn't mean that Hegel is the only philosopher one should read. I have read Plato and Aristotle and Thomas and Immanuel Kant, and I try to keep up with contemporary philosophy as well. I always had a special interest in the Jewish philosophy of Martin Buber, of Immanuel Levinas and Emil Fackenheim. I like reading Heidegger, Derrida, Badiou, Agamben and Zizek, and lately I even had a renewed interest in English philosophy. John Locke, David Hume, but also Rawls and others. I'm indebted to all of them, but none of them have pages that are so delightfully complex, so cramped with obscure brilliance as Hegel's. Now, all of these um, arguments wouldn't amount to much. They are rather superficial, I would say. If philosophy is about understanding the world, then the only good reason for reading Hegel must be that he makes us understand the world better than anybody else. Ultimately, there is no fun in interpreting text just for the heck of it. Now, does he do that? I think there are are at least three basic principles in Hegel's philosophy that we need in our contemporary efforts to understand the world. First of all, though mostly misunderstood, we need to understand Hegel's thesis about the identity of the concept and its reality. You might have heard that. Hegel equates or identifies thinking and reality. Now, that is badly misunderstood if we just take that as a statement of principle by itself. That is, if we mean by that that the subjective idea that we have is identical to the material reality out there. Hegel never said that. Understanding what he did say turns out to be a very prosperous enterprise. You might remember that some Marxist philosopher has said, well, um, the end of all philosophical idealism, that of Hegel especially, Um, uh, comes around when you are standing in the streets and some truck drives towards you well you can't say that truck is merely part of my uh, thinking so I can just stand here and wish the truck away now of course you have to um, get out of the way and save your life so reality enforces itself upon you and you can never identify that with your thinking but that is not what Hegel meant. He didn't mean to say that our subjective, personal concepts, the ideas in our mind, are simply out there also. Let me try briefly to sketch it out to give you a preliminary idea. At least you can say that our modes of thinking and the reality that we live in are not fully divergent. There is not a gap to be bridged. Our way of thinking and knowing our whole being is part of the world we know. Now, you can approach that from any perspective. Um, as a specimen of nature, we find within ourselves a growing understanding of the world that is in some way a product of the world itself. In Hegel's terminology, nature comes to self-understanding within us. So there can't be a huge gap between our thoughts and the world because the world produces a being that can think so that thinking must belong somehow to the uh, nature of the world. Hegel himself stressed the idea that the absolute is spirit and that this absolute spirit is involved in uh, a way to uh, 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 realize itself in two ways, both in nature and in the historical cultures of humanity. So the spirit is in a process uh, realizing itself, making itself into a reality as nature and as uh, human culture. Um, Secondly, and to me quite important, is Hegel's analysis of European culture, society, religion and history. All of these have... Um, objective characteristics and yet they are derived from and dependent on human thought. At least here it is safe to say that thought and reality are in identity because the world, the social world around us, of course, is a product of human thought. Now that is not without consequences, especially because the concept in Hegel's philosophy is not just a ideal shape of things, and certainly not a justification of things as they are. Let's take a concept of um, property, for instance, um, a concept that Hegel deals with in his philosophy of right. The concept, for, uh, the concept of property is not simply an expression of the status quo, of whatever is in the world, it's also a basis for critique. The concept expresses the rational content of the world. It is a critique of the way we think, act and live within our contemporary social institutions. So there is a critique of current ideologies, including the so-called neoliberalism that Fukuyama tried to ground on Hegel's philosophy. Hegel's philosophy provides a critique of the illusions of our modern political culture. This critical aspect of Hegel's social philosophy and ethics is not immediately apparent, but it is required by the very nature of Begriff, the concept. And by the way, this explains why Hegel could say that whenever the concept differed from reality, it was too bad for reality. That is to say that our version of reality, our perception of reality, might differ quite a lot from the concept of reality. But that means that uh, this difference should be explained um, as the difference between the inherent rationality of reality and reality as we experience it. So reality was in a way lacking its fulfillment. It was not completely doing what its own concept um, was about. Now that is not an expression of what is called subjective idealism, that is what we talked about before, that uh, we simply say that our thoughts are also real, though no, it's a strong affirmation of the normative value that is inherent in the pure concept. Now my third point is the most personal. Of course philosophy is and should be a science, therefore it is an academic discipline, and as such its aims and contents go beyond the purely personal. Nevertheless, philosophy remains a search for wisdom, and it attracts many people beyond the pale of academic pursuits precisely because it expresses the universal human quest for truth, goodness and beauty. Of course, Hegel warns us against any philosophy that tries to be reassuring or comforting or merely entertaining. Not because those aims are unworthy, but because comfort can only be found ultimately in the truth. And truth can only be found in what Hegel called the hard labor of the concept. I found that understanding Hegel also meant uh, improving my understanding of my own life. Of course, not in its psychological and social particulars, but in its universality as a social being, as a product of European culture, as a spiritual being. That is why, ultimately, Hegel is worth the effort. And there is a simple dialectical argument to prove that, even if you're not convinced by my three previous arguments. They say that Hegel is the most important philosopher that ever lived. He is certainly the most difficult to refute. So there you have the dialectical argument. Precisely by arguing with and even against Hegel, you can develop your own ideas and positions to to their highest possible level. Hegel is the best sparring partner for philosophy you can imagine. He is the most critical interrogator you can ever hope to find. If you really understand why you need to differ from Hegel, chances are that you have stumbled upon a meaningful truth for the present. Hegel is a difficult philosopher, so you need to do some groundwork in order to uh, be able to read Hegel. But it's certainly worth the effort and I would encourage you to do so Um, I'm going to explain in one of my next uh, contributions why it is necessary to have a teacher to introduce you to Hegel why it is nearly impossible to just start reading Hegel and figure him out on your own this is the internet channel for the study of Hegel